Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, July 11th, 2019, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, it has begun. Gronk Watch is in full effect. Now, maybe if you've listened to me in the past, you know that I actually began Gronk Watch the day after he announced his retirement back in March with his 308-word Instagram post. But it is back in full effect, I should say. Gronk Watch is back in full effect. That's right, Rob Gronkowski is in the news, and I will tell you why. You probably already know, but I will at least give my reaction to it all. Also today, we've got some Major League Baseball news that i got to get to. As we are currently in the All-Star break, we had the All-Star game on Tuesday night. I did watch that. We had the Home Run Derby on Monday night. I watched some of that. I watched the end of that, I should say. But uh, with the trade deadline getting closer, we have some potential trade rumors and a potentially big Red Sox trade that I will tell you about. And we have a discussion about the baseballs. That's right, the baseballs that they use in this season in Major League Baseball. Are they juiced? One player is speaking out. And I agree with him. I agree with that player who is speaking out about the baseballs. I'll get to that, react to it all, all of it today. Presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PIC, P-I-C. That's promo code PIC, P-I-C. And don't just do it for you. I mean, you should do it for you because you get a free game with your first deposit when you sign up with promo code PIC, P-I-C. But do it for me. Let DraftKings know that this advertisement is actually benefiting you, benefiting them, and ultimately benefiting me. Do it for you, but also do it for me. DraftKings.com, promo code PIC, P-I-C. I know it sounds desperate, but at the same time, my desperation is going to probably help you win money without you even really having to pay anything. Well, the British Open is next weekend, and this is easy. You just go to the DraftKings app, go to the golf section, Pick six golfers for the British Open, which begins next Thursday. And all you got to do is follow the action live on your DraftKings app. You don't need to watch the tournament. Just open your phone a couple times a day between Thursday and Sunday and see what your golfers are doing. Six golfers. That's it. It's quick. It's easy. And again, you could do it for free with promo code PIC, P-I-C. Promo code PIC, P-I-C at DraftKings. Dot com. Quickly, before I begin the show today, I, I need to throw this out there to the people locally here in the Boston area. If you own a bar or a restaurant, any type of local establishment in the Boston area, please hit me up, I, I guess by today, by tonight, on this Thursday, July 11th, because I have something interesting for you. And it doesn't even involve me, it involves someone else. Uh, that, but I can explain if you hit me up, if, if you own a bar or restaurant in the Boston area, please hit me up. I do have something interesting for you. I'm not going to waste your time. It will not be a waste of your time. I promise. So hit me up if you own a local establishment in the Boston area. That's all I'm going to say. If you know somebody who does and you think they should know what I just said, tell them that I'm looking for somebody who owns a bar or restaurant in the Boston area. And I want to talk to them because I have something interesting for them. Anyways, to the real news, to the big news, and it is NFL related. It kind of seems like 
the NFL hasn't really been in the news all that much lately. It's been an NBA offseason dominated last couple months, right? We've been talking about the NBA, even the NBA playoffs. You go back to uh, what was going on with, you know, here locally with the Celtics and their loss to Milwaukee in the second round. Um, we've been talking about the NBA a lot the last couple months. So if you're not an NBA fan, you know, it, it can probably, you're probably sick of it, right? Even if you are an NBA fan, you might be sick of it. I'm not going to lie. I'm an NBA fan. I'm kind of sick of talking about the NBA. So NFL news is good. We are closer to training camp today than we were yesterday, obviously, but training camp begins in two weeks. Patriots training camp begins actually two weeks from today. So with training camp in two weeks, that means we're going to get all the juicy storylines. And in fact, we already got one coming out. Adam Schefter this morning, right as I'm jumping on this show today to record this show, Adam Schefter right now, breaking news, is reporting that Melvin Gordon is not going to show up to training camp until he gets a new contract. That's Chargers running back Melvin Gordon will not show up to training camp until he gets a new contract. So it sounds like he's going to hold out. So that's one piece of news. That's not the news that I'm reacting to today. I'm reacting to the news of Rob Gronkowski looking to return to football. My words, not his. But as I wrote in my column for the Boston Metro this week, actions speak louder than words. And Rob Gronkowski's actions on Monday in Los Angeles Well, they spoke volumes. Rob Gronkowski on Monday played catch and participated in a full workout at the UCLA campus with Tom Brady. That's right. Gronk and Brady worked out together. Gronk ran routes. They did whatever whatever else they did when they work out. Alex Guerrero was present. Uh, The initial report was broken by Mass Live. Who was the reporter? Andrew Callahan. Is that who broke it? Mass Live gets this news first. And then, and, and I guess we should clarify, and this is what every report that has reported on this Gronkowski situation has clarified or tried to clarify, that Gronk was in the Los Angeles area on Monday of this week because of a charity basketball game. Gronk did play in a charity basketball game later that night on Monday night. So we do need to point that out that he was in the area anyways for something else, which, okay, that's fine. That's fine. But at that charity event, Gronk was asked by TMZ about the workout earlier that day with Tom Brady, and Gronk confirmed it. Here is audio from TMZ Sports of Gronk confirming the workout with Tom Brady on Monday. Tom needs someone to throw to, so you know he calls Mr. Reliable Robbie G, the one and only. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, Gronk's laugh is beautiful. It is a beautiful laugh. And uh, it's kind of a nervous laugh, isn't it? I mean, he's not the most... He's not the most comfortable guy with the media. We know that. Like, obviously, he shows his his personality. You know, Tom Brady calls Robbie G the one and only to come work out. But then he gives that laugh, and it's like, he doesn't know what else to say. He doesn't know what else to do. I I think there's part of him that doesn't necessarily want to tell the world how he really feels, which is what I'm telling you today. Gronk misses football. 
He misses fight. And look, I didn't think we were going to be doing this so soon. I didn't think we were going to be doing this already. But if you listen to me and you read my columns and you know my thoughts on the Rob Gronkowski retirement, which he announced on Instagram, he's 30 years old. Uh, look, I know he's I know he's a beat up dude, right? He's got he's dealt with a lot of injuries. He's taken a beating in the National Football League with his career with the Patriots. But it's st- I I questioned the legitimacy of the retirement. I did. And not to say that he wouldn't begin the season as a retired football player. Not to say that he wouldn't begin the upcoming season not playing football. But just This idea that he would have to sit there and watch an entire NFL season and watch the Patriots probably win the division again without him and not get that itch, to me, would be ridiculous. He's going to get that itch. And so my take on the Rob Gronkowski retirement was I questioned it because of his age and... I also questioned it because of some things that his agent was saying immediately after the retirement. Do I need to refresh your memory? Well, I'm going to do it anyways. Drew Rosenhaus, the agent for Rob Gronkowski, here's Rosenhaus, not even 24 hours after Gronk put out this Instagram post announcing his retirement. Drew Rosenhaus decided, you know what? I'm going to go on ESPN and this, I'm going to go on ESPN. Like, I don't know how you, th- like, the only way this is a good idea is if there's something that you're trying, like, there's a message you want to get out there. And here's the message that Rosenhaus was trying to get out there, not even 24 hours after Gronk, or maybe not even 48 hours. It was the next day he was on ESPN. Here's Gronk's agent on ESPN a day after Gronk retired. And I don't want to create any unnecessary uh, expectations, but... Rob is a very unique personality. If the, uh, if the team was struggling or they needed him at some point next year, and let's just say hypothetically Tom Brady gave him a call and said, Rob, I need you, I wouldn't be shocked if he came back to play a few games. <laughs> I mean, I played that for you back in March, reacting to the Gronkowski retirement. And... I have the same reaction now that I had then, but even more so, I am watching Gronk play catch with Brady, and I'm seeing him confirm that he played catch with Brady. Training camp is in two weeks, and not only now, today, on this Thursday, July 11th, do I still question the Rob Gronkowski retirement, the legitimacy of his retirement, but I'm now expecting him to return Probably sooner than I expected him to return back in March. And I always expected him to return. I did. But I di- I'm not going to lie. I didn't think we'd be doing this in July. I thought maybe we'd be doing this in October or November, maybe even early December. I did not think we'd be doing this so soon. I didn't think we'd be doing this with Gronk already. But we are. And you know why we are? Because Gronk played catch with Tom Brady. And do you know why Gronk played catch with Tom Brady? Do you know how he worked out with Tom Brady at UCLA on Monday? Not because he was in town for a charity basketball game and Brady gave him a call. Brady called on Robbie G, the one and only, because he needed someone to work out with. But because Gronk misses football already. He already misses it. 
He misses being with the boys. He misses the camaraderie. He misses the competition. He misses the offseason football workouts with the greatest quarterback of all time. He misses the fact that if he was still playing football, he gets to look forward to another potential championship season for the greatest team in the NFL, the greatest dynasty that sports has ever seen. And a dynasty that is going to continue to be a dynasty as long as Brady and Belichick are still present in the organization, as long as Brady's the starting quarterback, and as long as Belichick's the head coach. Gronk misses football. That's why he played catch with Tom Brady. And I have, you know, there's more questions I have today than I had back in March. I mean, a couple questions. Who leaked this to Mass Live? Like, who are those sources? What is that? Is that a Brady leak? Is that a UCLA leak? And speaking of Brady, and I, and I know the, the, the story that we're all going with is what Gronk told TMZ, the audio clip that I just played you, that Brady called on him, that Gronk was in town. Brady called on him. Brady knew he was in town, and he needed someone to throw to, so he called on Gronk. Well, Gronk didn't have to go play catch. Gronk didn't have to go work out with Brady. And in fairness to Brady, Brady could go play catch with whoever he wants. He could call whoever he wants. And whoever he called, if they weren't already in the Los Angeles area, they would be on a plane within an hour of that phone call with Brady or Brady's people when Brady asked to come play catch with him. Anybody. Brady could get anybody to play catch. Okay, Gronk was in the area. He likes throwing a Gronk. There's a benefit for Brady there, which is giving Gronk the temptation of, hey, this is what you could still have if you want it. So if you're Brady, this is a win-win. You get to work out, and you get to sort of tempt Gronk into coming back. And obviously, Brady, I don't need to go back into anything that Brady said in the past about the Gronkowski retirement. I don't. Just let's use common sense. Obviously, Tom Brady wants Gronk to come back. Obviously, right? If you ask Brady, would you prefer to begin next season with or without Gronk, he would tell you, I'd prefer to begin next season with Gronk. Now, Given Gronk's, you know, history of injury, it can be a touchy subject if someone like Brady comes out publicly and says, yeah, I would love for him to come back. And like, I get it, we're sensitive with injuries and all that. That, that you know, the sensitivity in this world, we, we, it takes over our brain. And if Brady were to come out and say, oh, Gronk should come back, you know, people would be crucifying Brady, saying he's not sensitive to Gronk's injuries. So Brady can't come out and say that. But if you ask Brady to a man off the record, if you were having a beer with Brady and he wasn't sitting there chugging beers like we think he can, right? if he wasn't doing that, you just had a conversation man-to-man off the record, and you say, would you rather begin next season with or without Gronk? Do you know what Brady would say every single time? I would prefer to begin next season with Gronk. So obviously Brady wants Gronk to return. So it's a win-win for Brady. He gets to work out. He gets to throw to somebody that he's used to throwing to. But also, he gets to tempt Gronk with this comeback. But my question is, do you believe? Here's my question today. Do you believe when Gronk says Tom called him? Do you believe that? Do you believe that Brady's the one that made that phone call. Do you believe this is as simple as Gronk was in town for a charity basketball game, Brady knew it, so he gave him a call because he needed someone to throw to? Was it that? 
Or does Gronk miss football? Did Gronk say, hey, Tom, I'm going to be in town on, in early July. And, you know, I'm just feeling some type of way. Like, I'm, I, I need to get back out in that field, you know? I need to catch some footballs. And Brady's like, absolutely, let's do it. Is it Brady that made the call? Or did Gronk maybe initiate this because he already misses football? I'm here to tell you today that just the mere fact that Gronkowski and Brady played catch on a football field, I'm here to tell you today that Gronk misses football, and that's why he played catch. Even if Brady made the call, Gronk didn't have to do it. You know, all this talk about, oh, Gronk slimmed down. He, he's lost some weight. I mean, he hasn't really lost muscle. He's still a pretty muscular dude. And look, I think, and, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's part of his plan, right? You know, we always consider him to be, you know, we always say, well, he's a tight end, but he can line up on the outside. He's a tight end who plays like a wideout. Maybe his goal was to slim down. Look, Rob, you're not crazy to, you weren't crazy to question Gronk back in March when he retired. And you certainly are not crazy today in July to question his, his hunger to play football again when he's out playing catch with Tom Brady. For a guy that is done with football and wants to walk away and has had enough of it, you know, not only are we seeing him confirm reports of working out with Brady, not only are we seeing him work out with Brady, not only are we, um, you know, seeing him with, he talked to Rich Eisen, right? And he said, I, recently he said, you know, I, I honestly don't know how I'm, how I'm going to feel when the season starts. Like, he's admitting that. So we're hearing from Gronk, he's at the ESPYs last night. And he's on the Patriots' Twitter account recording a video. He, I, so, I mean, the, the guy can't really get... He's not really trying to get away. He's still on the Patriots' social media doing stuff in his social media. Here's Gronk at the ESPYs. Again, he has the phone. I believe this is a little selfie video. If not, it's somebody with the Patriots who's taking this video. And he's with teammates, or should I say former teammates. Who's he with? Sony Michelle, David Andrews. Here's Gronk at the ESPYs talking on the Patriots social media last night. What's up? It's Rob Gronkowski here. I know you guys probably don't remember me, but I play tight end, number 87. I just want to give a shout out to Patriot Nation. Yee! Sony remembers me. DJ remembers me. David, you remember me? A little bit. A little All right. Bit. That's what I'm talking about. Patriot Nation, what up? Talking about how players remember him. See, he doesn't want to be forgotten. And I know he's joking around, and I get it. It's all in good fun. It's the ESPYs, right? Gronk's a playful guy. He is someone that is always, always has a smile on his face, always is in, seems to be enjoying life. You know, he's not one of these phonies who posts a photo or video on Instagram portraying their life as being so great and so happy. And they're having so much fun and everything's perfect. And yet the minute that camera is down, everything's miserable. He's not one of those guys. I don't take him to be one of those guys. I really do think that this guy enjoys life more than a whole lot of other people. And he should. He's got a lot of money. Uh, he had a great career. If he is actually done with football, then 
you know, I don't think he has anything to regret. He's got championships. Again, he's a, he's a Hall of Famer. But he's 30 years old. And if he needs a little bit of a break, well, this is the way to do it. You retire. He's having fun in his retirement. But there's just part of all this that screams out there, in my opinion, that he misses everything. He misses football. He misses the Patriots. He misses it. He's at the ESPYs on the red carpet recording videos from the Patriots' social media. Earlier in the week, he's playing catch with Tom Brady. And he's talking about it to TMZ later that night at a charity basketball game. And not only that, he was with Drew Brees on the red carpet at the ESPYs last night. And he told Drew Brees he's coming back. Take this for what it's worth. But here's Gronk talking to Brees saying, I'm coming back. And then he gives that... (laughs) That hilarious laugh, that nervous laugh that he usually gives. Here's Gronk talking to Drew Brees. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. They are going to draft That's what I'm I'm hoping for. They are going to draft So I played it for you twice there. That he goes, that's what I'm hoping for. Hey, I'm coming back. Listen for it again. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. They are going to draft So... Hey, I'm coming back. Now, did Gronk know he was being recorded at that moment? I'm not so sure. Was that a joke? I have no idea. Would you say I'm reading into all of this way too much? I know there's going to be some people that say I do. Am I a conspiracy theorist? Yeah, I am. But do I base conspiracy theories on a lot of credible information and common sense? I try to. I try to. Now, uh, Rob Gronkowski is an adult. He can make his own decisions. He obviously he's still got his agent in Drew Rosenhaus working for him, as I played that audio the day after he retired on ESPN. And I do not have any inside information on any of this. I really don't. I'm trying to get some, but I don't have any right now. I guess I would say stay tuned on that front. I would. But um, this is all my own personal opinion. And my own personal opinion on the Rob Gronkowski stuff is that this, the, just, just playing catch with Brady tells me he misses football. You think Brady was, I mean, Brady is probably trying to get him to return. But is Brady really begging for him to do a a one single workout on Monday? Probably not begging for him to do the workout. He would like him to do it. And he'd like to tempt him. Hey, here's what you could have again. Huh? What do you think? You feeling good? You want to do this again? All right, take the first half of the season off and come back, come back strong in the second half. And again, I I, I'm not gonna deny the fact that Gronk could still be in some type of negotiation with the Patriots. He wants more money. These guys want... The NFL guys, especially someone who takes such a beating, somebody takes as much of a beating as Gronk, these guys want more money. Last year at this time, Gronk was threatening retirement, talking about WWE, talking about Hollywood, and there's that aspect of this too. Not just the negotiation part, but Gronk loves pro wrestling. He loves Hollywood. And pro wrestling is more Hollywood than it is NFL. 
And that whole aspect of drama and the buildup and the storyline and the surprise returns. Gronk knows all about that. He's a wrestling fan. He enjoys that. He's, <laughs> he's been in a ring in WrestleMania given a spear, given a football spear, uh, given a football shoulder tackle to someone. He's, he's been a part of it. He's been in the front row. One of his good buddies is involved in it. He's a pro wrestler for the WWE. Gronk gets it. From a business perspective, he's a businessman. He's got Rosenhaus on his team. They are smart. They, they are a, the Gronkowskis are not just a family. They're a business. And there's always a method to their madness. And there's, I, I, I have said this since last year and the year before. When it comes to money, they have every right in the world to try to get more for Rob Gronkowski. He deserves more. Gronk could show up to the Patriots. He could show up to Gillette tomorrow. He could walk into Bill Belichick's office. He could call Robert Kraft in, and he could say, hey, guys, you know what? I miss football. I want to come back, but here's the deal. If I come back, I'm the most dangerous weapon that this league has to offer from a receiving perspective. And not just that. I showed you what I could do when I just block. I showed you what I could do when I block. Heck, I made the block for the game-winning touchdown run in the Super Bowl. You can see, I don't need to even demand the football gets to my hands. I'm the most dangerous blocking tight end that the league has ever seen. And I deserve to be paid like it. I deserve to be paid like one of the most dangerous weapons in the league. I deserve to be one of the highest-paid players in the game. Gronk could do that. I'm not saying he's going to do it. Maybe he has. Maybe this is their way of doing it. We're actually retiring. Yeah, I told you my theory. Last year, they threatened retirement. This year, him and Rosenhaus get in the room. The Gronkowskis and, and Rosenhaus, they get in the room. And Rosenhaus, you know what he's probably saying? He's probably saying, Gronk, last year we threatened retirement. You know what we do this year? Yeah, we got we got a little more. We got the Patriots to talk to us and, and give us, um, you know, a... a, a a higher payday, you know, it was incentive-based, though. We want guaranteed. We got, we got some that we wanted last year. This year, we want more. We want the guaranteed. We want it all. So you know what we do? We take it all one step further. We actually retire. And along the way, we sprinkle in all these moments of how you might still be interested and you might still have that itch and you might still miss football and you get the Patriots thinking, wait till the season begins. They're going to struggle a little bit. Brady's going to go into Belichick's office. He's going to say, come on, Gronk wants to play. Can we get something done with Gronk? We're going to have the leverage. When it gets to mid-November, late November, early December, the Patriots know they're going to win a division, but they have the possibility of getting a first-round bye, which is going to make all the difference in the world. They're going to have a possibility of getting that one seed instead of Kansas City, right? Getting that home game in the AFC Championship back at Gillette Stadium. Like, They're going to be calling on you because they're going to need you. They're going to have injuries, and we're going to have the upper hand. And we're going to be able to finally get what we want while getting a, you know, half season's rest, getting the rest that you need to get healthy so that when you do return in week 12, week 13, guess what? You're going to be the freshest player in the league. You're going to have fresh legs. 
you're gonna be, you're gonna be the most exciting player in football, and that's just the 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 freshness that you're gonna provide is just another it's just another example, another reason why the Patriots should make you the high, one of the highest paid players in the game, even if it's prorated just for the end of that season. All right, we're gonna get you what you want this year. We're gonna retire. The, that is what I think from the beginning has been going on. Now, again, that's just my own personal theory. Conspiracy theory, call it what you want. But when I see Gronk in July already on the football field playing catch with Tom Brady, it tells me something is up. Something more than just Brady needed someone to play catch with. Gronk was in the area for a charity basketball game, so he said, yeah, oh, Tom needs someone. I guess I'll do it. Oh, come on. Please. Please. Was born in the day. Wasn't yesterday. Wasn't yesterday. Rob Gronkowski, all of this that you're seeing with Gronk playing catch with Brady. Alex Guerrero was at the workout. The first report said this was a workout. A private workout. Wasn't just Gronk was on the sideline to see certain shorts. And Brady threw a couple footballs before Brady actually got to the workout. And Gronk watched. No, no, no. That would be... That would be the move of a completely retired football player, which would be Gronk, you know, wearing sunglasses, shows up to UCLA football field, he's on the sideline, he throws the ball around for a couple minutes with Brady, doesn't run any routes, doesn't work out, and then he watches Brady work out. Shooting the shit with Alex Guerrero, maybe there's some cameras in there, they show, they show Gronk watching. That is, that would be, if that was happening, if Gronk actually showed up to a football field with Brady and didn't participate... I would tell you today, I feel differently about it. Maybe Gronk is retired. I would, I tell you that. I would tell you that. But guess what? That's not what happened. Gronk showed up. He played catch. He participated in a private workout with Brady at UCLA's campus. Alex Guerrero was there for it. And I'm, I'm just telling you there's something to it more so than Gronk was in town for a charity basketball game. Brady needed someone to throw to. And it just all happened to be coincidence. And it worked out. And... Wrong. Gronk misses football. That's the bottom line. That's all you need to know. And I'm surprised today, not because he misses football. I'm just surprised we're already doing this. We haven't even begun training camp yet, and we're doing this with Gronk. Gronk misses football, and it's not even training camp yet. He will be back. The question isn't, will Gronk be back today? The question is, when will he be back? And will he be back sooner than I expected him to return? Because I always expected him to return. But I didn't think we'd already be talking about it. I really didn't think so. And the fact that, you know, he he can't avoid the cameras. He can't avoid the Patriots' social media. And again, I've never seen, and maybe, you know, this is something I think gets overlooked. And maybe this is, I'm putting my media cap on. Like when I was a reporter for the cover in the Patriots, I covered the Patriots for like four or five years for Comcast Sportsnet. I was in the locker room every day after practices, before practices. Um, and you get all the, the, the media emails, like, you know, all the, all the emails that, that, the hard news, right? Like Tom Brady becomes, you know, sets the touchdown record. Like they give you the press release. Something happens. They give you the press release. Uh, the McCordy brothers go visit Children's Hospital. You get a press release for that. 
Uh, Bill Belichick gets sunburned on the beach on a Saturday afternoon. You get a press release for that. <laughs> right? It, I'm joking about that second one. You get a press release for everything. The Patriots never sent out, if they did, I didn't get it, but I did get the other ones. The Patriots never sent out a press release that said Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement. What they sent out, were pre- they, weren't, they were press releases, I guess, but it was just statements from Kraft, a statement from Kraft, a statement from Belichick. I think there was a, maybe a statement from Brady, maybe? Statements. But never the actual press release, Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement. Here's everything he did as a... I didn't get that one. And in fact, I go to the Patriots website. I didn't see the press release posted there either. And they post them on the website. So there just also seemed to be that little piece missing of the Gronk retirement where maybe... All right, it's one thing to send out statements from the coach and the owner. That's fine. You got to send out a statement. You're going to be asked... And that's their strategy. That's the Patriots media strategy. Belichick's going to have to show up to press conferences. Kraft's going to give a press conference and talk to the media at some point. You know, Belichick's strategy is, let's get out in front of it. Let's get the statement out now so that when I'm asked about this controversial or potentially controversial situation, all I can do is refer to the statement. You know, Belichick, all he has to do is say from here on out, be like, you know, we made a statement in March and if, you know, that that's what we're sticking to and everything I said in that statement is how I feel. But I'm on to training camp without him. And and so, like, that's why they sent out the statements. So I'm not shocked that they did that. That's just the method that they use. But I am surprised that they never sent out any type of press release that was like, Rob Gronkowski announces his retirement. If they did, I didn't get it, and I got the other ones. But I get all of them, still. So, and I didn't see anything like that on the website. You know, you get some stuff on Gronk on the website. But no, you don't get that bit of, you don't get that that hard press release that announces the retirement. It's almost like they're staying away from that. Why are they staying away from that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because they know there's a very good possibility he returns. And there maybe is a public negotiation going on right now. And maybe the statements from Belichick and Kraft is, is part of that negotiation. Right? But it seems like they haven't really gone all in on accepting Gronk being retired. They are posting videos of him from the ESPYs on their social media account. And on Gronk's end, it's he hasn't gone all in on retirement. If he was, he would have showed up to UCLA's campus, maybe threw the football around once or twice, you know, just stood there, caught a couple passes, didn't run around, didn't work out, and watched Brady work out with someone else. That would be the actions of a retired football player who wants nothing to do with it anymore. Well, that's not the case. Nobody forced Gronk to play catch with Brady. Nobody. Nobody did. The only person that forced themselves to work out with Tom Brady in a private workout was Rob Gronkowski. Why? Not just because he was in town, but because he misses football. That's it. I know it's, it's just my opinion, but it's basically fact. <laughs> it's basically a fact. Rob Gronkowski misses football, and I'm not surprised that he misses football. I'm just surprised that he already misses football. We're already doing this. That's what surprises me. So, 
Here we go. Gronk watch in full effect. I'd like to know if he knew if him and Drew Brees at the ESPYs, if they were being... He must have, right? He must have known they were being recorded. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. He told Brees he was coming back. What did he mean by it? Was it a joke? He gave that awkward, nervous laugh. I mean, I, I love to laugh. Don't get me wrong. But it's clearly a nervous laugh. He doesn't know what else to say. He doesn't know. Did he slip up? Uh, 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 did I just... Uh, were people watching that? Uh, did anyone hear that? Uh, uh? <laughs> so, uh, I'm telling you Gronk's returning. It's not if, it's when. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. He misses football, he showed it. This week, in LA. So, anything that happens on that, you know I'm going to react to it. You know I'm going to continue to react to that. So, that's the news with the NFL, with the Patriots. Uh, I think it's the biggest story in this town right now. Uh, Is it the biggest story in the world of sports? It might be. It might be, though. We're getting closer to baseball getting in the... National headlines, and not just for the All-Star Game stuff, but for the trade deadline stuff, the Major League Baseball trade deadline, just a couple weeks away at the end of this month. And, uh, you know, people making a big deal about how this is the first year there's only one trade deadline. In the past, we had the July 31st non-waiver trade deadline, which means anyone can get traded to anybody at any time. And then you had the, what, the August 31st or September 1st waiver deadline, which means between July 31st and September 1st, you could still get traded if you if you either clear waivers or you get put on waivers and a team claims that person, and those teams can then work out a trade. No longer is that the case. you got to make all your trades by the end of July. People make it a big deal about that, but... I don't think it's that crazy. How many tra- how many serious big time trades did you did you see after the actual non-waiver trade deadline? Not many. Not many. But when it comes to the Red Sox and you know I'm focused on them because they're a couple games out of the wild card. I think the AL East is out of there. They that's passed them by. They're 9 games behind the Yankees. They're in third place in the division. The Rays are ahead of them. Are ahead of the Red Sox. You got to look at the wild card. Red Sox are two games out of the wild card. Uh, they got Oakland in front of them, Cleveland in front of them, Tampa in front of them. You get that wild card game, so you just kind of have to jump Oakland and Cleveland. And and you know if you want to host that wild card game, then then you get also jump Tampa as well. But uh, playoffs is still possible for the Red Sox, so you should be a buyer at the deadline. You should not sell. You should buy if you're the Red Sox. And the latest report is that the Red Sox are the front runners to trade for New York Mets starting pitcher Zach Wheeler, which, if you've listened to me in recent years, it's almost like my dreams of the Red Sox and the Mets completing a trade that would send Zach Wheeler to the Red Sox. Yeah, it's finally, my dreams are finally coming true. I've been calling for a Zach Wheeler to the Red Sox trade for about four years now. Zach Wheeler, somebody who has dealt with serious injuries. What do you have? Tommy John. Did he have two Tommy John surgeries? Wheeler is a power pitcher. He's 6'4", 6'5", 29 years old. He's really just a rental because it's a contract year. He's going to be a free agent. After the season. Uh, he's dealt with injuries. His numbers are not great this year. The Mets are out of it. 
They're 10 games below 500. You know they're going to sell. And because Wheel is a rental, you know, you're not going to have to give up as much now as you would have when I was telling you to go out and trade for Zach Wheeler a couple years ago. But I've always been saying Red Sox should go after Wheeler. Change of scenery, scenery will do him good. He's a power pitcher. You know, he can throw in the mid-90s. Right-hander, the Red Sox probably looking for a right-handed starting pitcher. But I guess if the Mets are selling, Wheeler would be nice because you might not have to give up all that much to get him, and I do think he can help you out. But if you're going to call the Mets and you're the Red Sox, why don't you get nuts? Why don't you ask them about Noah Syndergaard? And Syndergaard's numbers aren't all that great. That we, They're not all that great this year either. Not like we used to seeing from him. But, I mean, Syndergaard is somebody that gets it up there to 100 miles an hour. And, you know, he's 6'6". Six, six. He's, a, he's a big dude. He's under control for the next couple of years, so that would that would cost you more. But I would be curious to know if I'm the Red Sox. All right, get into conversation with the Mets about Wheeler. And then kind of say, hey, you know what? What if we gave you also this and that? Could we get Syndergaard instead? Get into the dialogue. Become the front runner for Zach Wheeler. Get the Mets thinking about what they could acquire in your organization. And then throw something at them. Say right before, say, hey, you know what, guys? What about Syndergaard? It would take a little more to get him, but what if we gave you this and maybe that as well? Could we get Syndergaard instead? If I'm the Red Sox, that's what I'm doing. But if they do end up getting Wheeler, it might not... The only thing I would say about... When I say it might not cost as much, I say with regards to Syndergaard. But if you do get other teams involved, like the Yankees are going to get involved reportedly, and there's a handful of other teams, you know, I I assume Milwaukee's involved, um, uh, maybe even Cleveland to some extent. Well, if those teams are also involved, then maybe the Mets create a bidding war for Wheeler. I don't know that you want to get in a bidding war for Wheeler. Maybe you get in a bidding war for Syndergaard, but not for Wheeler. So, but we'll see what happens. Right now, the Red Sox are the front runner. I don't know what they're offering. I don't know how close it is, but the fact that we're even talking about it, it makes you wonder, am I the Red Sox GM? It makes I should say it makes you wonder again, am I the unofficial Red Sox GM? Nobody is actually technically the GM. There's a couple assistant GMs. There's a president of baseball operations. Am I the unofficial Red Sox GM? Zach Wheeler, a guy that I've been talking about and been, I've been begging for a Red Sox-Mets trade that would send Wheeler to the Red Sox for years. Could actually happen by the time we get to the trade deadline later this month. But um, we'll see. Anything, any other rumors that come out on that, I will react to it. But my advice to the Red Sox would be, sure, go out, see what, you, see what you're giving up to get Wheeler. But while you're talking to the Mets, make sure you ask about Syndergaard. If they're selling, make sure you ask about Syndergaard. 26 years old, three years younger than Wheeler. He's under contract for a couple more years, so it might cost you more to get him. I'm not saying give up. You're not giving up Devers. You're not giving up any of your kids on the Major League roster. This is going to be a prospect-only trade. You know, stick to your guns on that if you're the Red Sox. But, you know, how many prospects would it take to get Syndergaard? Because I'm going to be willing to give him up from the Red Sox. So, see what happens there. But we are at the All-Star break. I did watch the Home Run Derby on Monday night. 
Pete Alonzo from the Mets. Speaking of the Mets, Pete Alonzo wins the home run derby. He beats Vlad Guerrero's son in the finals. And, uh, you know, the reason I didn't pick Guerrero to to even get deep, I don't know. There's a timer on the home run derby. He's a big dude. I, I didn't know. I don't know what. Is he in shape? Right? And I'm not sitting here fat shaming the guy, but, I mean, let's be real. You know, the sport of baseball is you don't have to be in the best shape to be successful in Major League Baseball. But in the home run derby and the new home run derby where there is a timer and, you know, you got to stress and and all of a sudden take hacks, you know, under a couple minutes span as that clock's running down. All of a sudden we're talking about what type of shape are you in, right? And so that's why I just didn't think that was going to happen. But the guy I picked, Santana, uh, he, he did not get the home, the hometown discount I guess you could say he he had a terrible showing and had a terrible showing for me what was he plus a thousand that's why I picked him yeah I might as I just took a, a shot in the dock on that but uh Pete Alonzo wins the home run derby it is what it is at this point was I jacked up to watch it no and he won it in somewhat dramatic fashion on the last swing it was a walk-off as time was running out but it's still I was like eh, it is what it is at this point, even with the timer, makes it a little more exciting. But I don't think you're going to get any more exciting than that. And at the end of the day, it's really not that exciting anymore when you don't have the biggest names involved, right? So Pete Alonzo wins a home run derby. The American League beats the National League 4-3 to on Tuesday night. Tanaka gets the win. Kershaw gets the loss. Chapman gets the save. Cleveland pitches Shane Bieber named MVP, if you care about any of that. And then they had what I thought was an awkward moment with CC Sabathia in the ninth of a one-run game. Uh, and I know it doesn't mean anything anymore. But it's in Cleveland. Sabathia, obviously, who's now a Yankee, is not an All-Star, but Major League Baseball invited him to the All-Star game because... It's his last season. He's going to, CC Sabathia is going to retire after the season. You know, he was a Cleveland Indian. And the game was in Cleveland. Ninth inning, one run game. Chapman's on the mound. The American League manager, who's Alex Cora, by the way, sends CC Sabathia out for a mound visit to check on his teammate, current teammate, Araldus Chapman. And they did this for the sole purpose of. And Chapman said he didn't know it. Chapman actually thought they were taking him out of the game. He said that afterwards. So kind of a weird moment for for Chapman, too. But also I thought a weird moment for CC Sabathia because the purpose of this was after the mound visit, Sabathia was supposed to walk off the field and get this rousing ovation from the crowd in Cleveland who would acknowledge their, their former Cleveland Indians pitcher. And he didn't really get the ovation I think they were going for. He, you know, behind the dugout, I think he got something. You know, there was some ovation. People did stand up. But I don't think he got the ovation they wanted. And it ended up to me, and this is just me sitting at home. Maybe it had something to do with my speaker system on my TV. I don't know. That's possible. But... I'm telling you, from what I saw and heard, that was kind of an awkward ovation where it wasn't anywhere close to as good as they thought they were going to get. It just made the whole thing weird. Now, Chapman ends up getting the final out, getting the save, but I thought that was an awkward moment. 
I think they wanted more. People in Cleveland were like, huh? What's going on? CC Sabathia's here? Oh, he, uh, should we give him an ovation? Uh, he's, he's in a playoff race, though. Like, almost against us. Uh, all right, yeah, well, yeah, he used to pitch for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I just thought it was awkward. I thought it was awkward. But um, that's what we had at All-Star Weekend. I think the biggest story, though, from All-Star Weekend was coming from something that Justin Verlander started. And I'm going to close out the show with this. But I have some strong thoughts on this because I agree with the player. Justin Verlander, who was the starter for the American League. He was a starting pitcher. He started the game. I think it was his second time starting the game. Now, full disclosure for Justin Verlander and the season that he's having, even though he's, he was the American League starter, for the All-Star game on Tuesday night. He has let up the most home runs in Major League Baseball this season. Verlander for Houston has let up 26 home runs. That's the most in Major League Baseball, both the American and the National League. So there's full disclosure here with the Justin Verlander conversation that we're about to have. Verlander, who's let up the most home runs in Major League Baseball to this point with 26, told ESPN, during this All-Star week, so on Monday, the day of the home run derby, Verlander told ESPN that Major League Baseball is intentionally, or they've intentionally doctored the baseballs this season. They've intentionally juiced the baseballs. That's what he told ESPN. I'm going to read you the full quote in a minute. And I don't think there's audio of him talking about it. I think I think... It's just this quote from ESPN.com. But I will also say, he is not the first person to say this. Other pitchers have come out, and even after Verlander said this, they were asked about it, and other pitchers said, well, yeah, there's something different with the baseballs this year. Something about the grip that the pitchers have on it. Um, there's some, People acknowledge there's something different. Even the head of the players' union said, yeah. There's, there's, you know, the baseballs are different this year. This year, baseballs are different. But not even just the players who actually hold the baseball every night. I've been telling you since April that the balls are juiced this year. I've been telling you that. I have on this show. I've told you that in April. Go back. Listen to it. On opening day, there were a record number of home runs on opening day, right? A record. I think the most home runs. And I told you, I think maybe the next day or whenever I had a podcast after opening day, I said, the balls are juiced. And you could, you could almost sense it. And I remember the Red Sox first series that they had. And I can remember talking about it on the show afterwards. I said, it looks weird when the balls are flying off the bat, the way they've been flying off the bat. It just looks weird on TV. Like it doesn't look like guys are really, and, and usually early in the season, you're not getting that. Like, when you're playing outdoors in the colder weather, you know, balls that aren't really, they don't get all of them, they're definitely not going out of the ballpark. But there were guys in April in cold weather, outdoors, they, it looked like kind of, you know, shallow pop-ups, and they were getting out of the ballpark. They were going to the seats. And I told you on the show, I said, that looks weird. And what did I tell you? I said, the balls are juiced. 
They are juicing the baseballs. There's no question about it. They are juicing the baseballs. We have these conversations with Major League Baseball or about Major League Baseball all the time in which we say, how can Major League Baseball do things to change the game? We're talking about robot umpires. We're talking about adding a pitch clock. We're talking about putting a fucking runner on second base in extra innings to speed up the game. Some people even want to take two innings off the game and make it a seven-inning game. People have lost their collective minds in which they're thinking of ways to change baseball in order to get more people to be interested in it before the postseason begins. If you're Major League Baseball, they've obviously been thinking about ways to do this. They're entertaining this stuff with the pitch clock in the minor leagues, putting a runner at second base. Right with the Now they're experimenting. I think last night they had a robot umpire in the minor leagues somewhere. So obviously Major League Baseball is, is they're pretty open about the steps that they're taking to do things to improve the game and increase the audience and make it a more interesting game in a, in a time in the history of civilization that we have the, the, the shortest attention span ever. Shortest attention span ever. In the days of technology and, and social media, we have the shortest attention span ever. And it's only getting shorter. And it's it, it, that maybe is affecting the baseball product. So Major League Baseball, they've been open about how do you make our product more exciting, right? And you put all that together. And I told you in April, just looking at the product from afar, something that jumped off the screen to me was, and not even just the number of home runs that were hit on opening day or opening weekend. I told you in this show, just the eye test. Here's how it looks. They juiced the baseballs. I've never seen anything like it. And now, in July, all-star break, the pitchers talk to each other. They needed someone to step up and say something. And Verlander was the guy. Here's Verlander to ESPN. And I quote, It's a fucking joke. Major League Baseball's turning this game into a joke. They own Rawlings. And you've got Manfred up here saying it might be the way they center the pill. They own the fucking company. If any other $40 billion company bought out a $400 million company and the product changed dramatically, it's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. Manfred, the first time he came in, what did he say? He said, we want more offense. All of a sudden, he comes in, the balls are juiced. It's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. End quote. That's Justin Verlander. He said it's a fucking joke. They own the fucking company. It's not a guess as to what happened. We all know what happened. It's not a coincidence. We're not idiots. These are all things Justin Verlander, the starter for the American League, is saying before the All-Star game to ESPN. He's not the only one that feels this way. I bet you all the pitchers feel this way. They're all admitting something's different with the baseballs. It's funny, all the hitters, too, they ask the offensive hitters, like, the, they ask them all, like, what do you think of the baseballs? They all say the same thing. They're like, oh, I don't know. I think, you know, we're just, we're just seeing things differently. We let, you know, I swing. They're, they all make a joke out of it. Where the pitchers are like, oh, I mean, something's changed. And I think Verlander throws out an interesting point. And you know what? I forgot all about this. I didn't even think about it at the time. I didn't. And, and I blame myself for this. I didn't go on any rant. I didn't write any column about it. In fact, I remember seeing it, and I remember being like, eh, whatever. 
I remember seeing it and going, eh, whatever. I remember that. I remember how I felt. I didn't care. It was meaningless. It had no, it was just what I'm not going to spend any time on it. It's stupid. Stupid conversation. I was stupid to say it was stupid at the time. Last summer, I think it was last June, Major League Baseball did, and Verlander points this out in his quote to ESPN, Major League Baseball bought Rawlings. Rawlings, they make the baseballs. If you've ever picked up a baseball or you know about baseball, you know you see Rawlings on the baseball. On the gloves, you see it. Rawlings. What's the one company you think of when you think of baseball and at any level? Rawlings, right? Major League Baseball last summer, they bought Rawlings, the company that makes the baseballs for Major League Baseball. They bought the company. And I, when, when Verlander pointed that out, that's when I put it together. So I did a little searching to go back to the stories last summer on Major League Baseball buying Rawlings. And the first headline that it pops up is just hilarious because let me also say this. After Verlander went on this little rant to ESPN about Major League Baseball intentionally juicing the baseballs after they bought Rawlings, Rob Manfred all of a sudden had to go on the defensive. He denied, 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 and he said, we don't, you know, we haven't intentionally done anything to the baseballs. And so he's forced Manfred into this awkward conversation now where he has to answer these questions on All-Star Week, and I'm sure Manfred was not happy about this at all. The last thing Manfred wants to do during All-Star Week is have to talk to the media about something potentially controversial. And this is, whether you roll your eyes at juiced baseballs, this is potentially controversial because of the fact that Major League Baseball bought Rawlings. This is a big deal, and I'm, I'm stupid for not thinking this was a big deal. At the time. But I'm going back. So here in Manfred, deny, deny, deny. I go back to the headline. That I pulled up after I googled Major League Baseball buys Rawlings. And the first headline that pops up from Fox Business website. The headline reads, MLB buys Rawlings, seeks more control over baseball production. Look, that's all you need to see. The headline, MLB buys Rawlings, seeks more control over baseball production. So they bought Rawlings in order to control the baseball production. And yet Manfred's out here this week going, oh, we don't, we don't, we don't control that. Well, that's why you, the, the report was last year, that's why you bought the company. Why else would you buy the company? And here's a quote. From Chris Marinak, Major League Baseball's Executive Vice President for Strategy, Technology, and Innovation. Last summer, Chris Marinak says, quote, MLB is excited to take an ownership position in one of the most iconic brands in sports and further build on the Rawlings legacy, which dates back to 1887. We are particularly interested in providing even more input and direction on the production of the official ball of Major League Baseball, one of the most important on-field products to the play of our great game. End quote. I'll read that second part again. Quote, We are particularly interested in providing even more input and direction on the production of the official ball of Major League Baseball, one of the most important on-field products, to the play of our great game, end quote. 
even more input and direction into the production of the baseball. And that's why the headline reads, MLB buys Rollins, seeks more control over baseball production, yet Rob Manfred has to deny, deny, deny that they really don't try to add any input or direction into the production of the baseballs. Because Justin Verlander is saying, well, why else would you buy the company? You bought the company and all of a sudden the baseballs change? It's no coincidence. We're not idiots. They're juiced. More home runs. And if you look at the numbers, so far this season, there have been a total of 3,691 home runs hit in all of Major League Baseball. 3,691. That means... They're on pace as a league to see 7,000 total home runs by season's end. The current record in a single season, the current home run record for the entire league in a single season, was reached back in 2017 when there were a total of 6,105. They're about to hit 1,000 more home runs this year than they did to break a record in a single season. And I, I'm with Verlander. I don't think it's a coincidence. Just reading the headline last year, Major League Baseball buys Rawlings and seeks more input and, and they want more control over baseball production. Like, Verlander is right. Major League Baseball did juice in the baseballs. And you go back to how I felt in April. It's refreshing to hear somebody say it. Now, granted, some people roll their eyes. They say, well, yeah, Verland has let up more home runs than anybody in the league right now. So, of course, he's crying about it. Well, if you think he's not talking to other pitchers, even for other teams, right? Like, I guarantee you the pitchers have complained. I would love to see the complaint emails that are thrown the way of Major League Baseball's Players Association. I'd love to see the complaints that roll in on the baseballs. I'd, I'd love for those to be made public because I think that it would be laughable the amount that they've received, the amount of complaints from pitches all over the league. And you bring it... Look, I'm not trying to make excuses f- for Red Sox pitching, but what's been the Red Sox' biggest issue this year? Pitching! And their best pitches! I mean, David Price, I told you, he's only finished seven innings once. Chris Sale, man, Chris Sale is, you know, he's had a tough go of it. And uh, I'm not, I'm not purposely trying to make excuses, but if we're going to have the conversation, are the balls different and pitchers are coming out saying, yeah, they're juiced. And not only because of how I feel, how I, how the baseball feels in my hand, but also because we're looking into, you know, there's a method to the league's madness. They want more offense. They want more entertainment. They bought the company that makes the baseballs. Let's point that out. Let's hammer that message home to the public. Verlander did that, and I'm with him. I agree. Major League Baseball is juicing the baseballs. And they've made an extraordinary effort to juice the baseballs by buying the company that makes the baseballs. And I'm so glad Verlander points that out because I kind of forgot all about that. And at the time, last summer, I didn't make a big deal about it. And I should have. And I'm glad he's doing it because somebody needs to. Because it does affect pitching. And you know what? Pitching right now is supposed to be the Red Sox strong suit. And it's not. And it's not. And maybe juiced baseballs has something to do with it. 
I'm with Verlander. Should you should you be doctoring the baseballs like that? I don't think you should. And I know some people say, "Oh, we love home runs." I, I, I you I like dominant pitching. Maybe I'm just on a, on an island by myself on this one. I enjoy dominant pitching. I really do. I do. Um, and not to say the guys can't come out and be dominant. They have been this year, and and, and so because of that, maybe some will roll their eyes at all this juice into the balls, but I definitely think it's something that, you know, we should talk about, that more people should talk about, and I'm glad Verlander sort of opened the door for that conversation, especially when it comes to Major League Baseball buying the company that makes the baseballs. So, I'm glad Verlander did that, and I'm taking his side. Get this show whenever you want on iTunes, Spotify, also on the Podcast One Network, really anywhere podcasts are available. Make sure you subscribe to my YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter at Danny Picard, and uh, when you if you do subscribe to the show, make sure you give a review. Um, you know what else can you do? Or just give it. You know you can click the stars on iTunes and write a review down. Anything, even if it's a terrible review, I don't care. Give it a review, and also make sure you use promo code PICK, PIC at DraftKings.com. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. Uh, I will be back on Monday to react to anything that happens in the world of sports. I am out. Talk to you then.